Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 235, which we're recording on December 31st, 2020, the last day of 2020. Woohoo! Woohoo! The very last day. <laughs> Good riddance, 2020. <laughs> I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's been a little while since we last recorded. This is going to be a very nice part of my little vacation week. I'm very much looking forward to chatting with Charlene today. Yes, me too. It's been almost three weeks. We gave ourselves a little extra time in there for a holiday break, but it's almost New Year's and we are starting to think about our projects for the self-indulgent knit-along and we hope you are too. Yeah. I opened Ravelry today, so it's been a vacation week, so I haven't been on the computer much. And I think there were 699 posts in the self-indulgent knit-along thread, and my eyes almost popped out of my skull. <laughs> I had a similar experience not being on the computer very much this past week, opened it up and had a difficult time trying to catch up. And I haven't been able to pop into that thread and catch up yet. I was just catching up on the December chat thread. So yeah, <laughs> I have some catching up to do. I love how chatty everybody in the group is. I do so too. It'll be I do fun too. to catch it's up. It's fun. We're so happy and grateful that you guys like to play along with us. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So what are you wearing? Well, I'm not wearing it right now, but I have been wearing my Ellery sweater this week. Ellery is a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty with a circular yoke with textured stitches around the yoke. It's knit top down, and I knit mine in a combo of Western Sky Knits Mohair Silk and the Merino 17 Light, which is the very, very soft merino. So the combination of the two yields a very light and very soft sweater, which has been surprisingly warm. And since it's been chilly here, I have been wearing it. <laughs> and the colorway that I used is called Pressed Flowers. And it's a neutral tone, like almost like a natural tone with some watercolor pinks and yellows in there. It's really beautiful. It's gorgeous. So, yeah, I love that one. I love that one. So very happy with my sweater. <laughs> and once again, that is Ellery by Elizabeth Doherty. What are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing my Felix pullover, which is a design by Amy Christopher's. And it's a top-down raglan, super fast, easy knit. It has some small lace detail on the raglan shaping area. Other than that, it's straight up stockinette. And I used Western Sky Knits, her DK Polworth Silk Blend, which she doesn't have on a regular basis, but I've had this in my stash for, oh my gosh, seven or eight years, I think, before I finally found the right pattern for it. And I held it doubled with a Kid Silk Haze, which is a mohair silk lace weight. And it is just gorgeous. It's a teal color. And I love it. I love it very much. It's very warm, yet light. Even though it's a DK held doubled with lace, it's still very light and not quite as ethereal as the lace weight held with mohair silk lace, but still just a very nice, airy, light fabric. So love the sweater. Felix. Yeah, by it's beautiful. It's you. beautiful. I can see Gail wearing it as we speak. So <laughs> we're FaceTiming in the closets. Yes. <laughs> 
yeah, so I'm enjoying what I'm wearing a lot. And I've been wearing sweaters every day, which <gasps> tomorrow's January. So January, every day in January, let's try to wear something hand knit or handmade. It doesn't have to be hand knit. And anyone who wants to play along, you can put your pictures, you could put them in Instagram if you want, or in the Ravelry thread. I'll start a new thread for wear something hand knit every day in July. So, yeah, or July, and- January. <laughs> <laughs> January 2021. Yes. Hashtag hand knits every day. Hashtag Yarniacs. Hashtag Yarniacs podcast. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And I've been, I think I've worn a sweater every day for the last eight or nine days. I have definitely been wearing something hand knit, not necessarily a sweater, but I have been going deep into the cowls and shawls wearing those every day. Nice. You know, yesterday I went into Max's room and found a pair of my fingerless mitts laying on the floor of his bedroom. And I said, what are these doing here? Well, the kids now know they can go raid my drawer of mitts and hats and cowls. And he was going on a night hike. So he took some of my fingerless mitts and I said, okay, you can borrow them as long as you put them away properly. Right. I don't want to find them on the floor in your room. Thank you very much. So yeah, that stash is getting used, not just by me here at home, which is great. Excellent. So what have you been stalking? Like I said, I haven't been on the computer that much, but there are a couple of sweaters that I saw at some point, and interestingly enough, neither of them are new. They're both sweaters from, well, one of them is from 2019, and one of them is from further back. So the first one is, like I said, it's a new to me pattern, but it's not a new to us designer because it's somebody that, Gail, you've stocked Suzanne Summer before. Yes. And I think you made her hooded shawl not so long ago. Was it the hooded shawl that you made? Yeah. Now that would be a good one. You should pull that one out and wear it this season. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see it all, but there's the hood that you're seeing the corner of. (laughs) Because that one's a really cute design, as I recall. It is. Yeah. So let's see. The Gridlines Pullover was released back in July 2019. And it's a sweater that's a drop shoulder sweater. But according to the pattern page, it is constructed sideways. So that immediately caught my attention. You know that I'm always curious about interesting and different construction. And I just because you have stocked this designer before, I know that she often has things that are constructed in a different way. For example, the sweater that you tried to make designed by her was designed, I think it started out, you started out knitting a shawl and then expanded it Something into like a that, sweater. Yeah. 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 So she's still in my Yeah. Kid. So she definitely has different and interesting construction. So grid lines, like I said, is knit sideways. And the body of the sweater showcases like a raised line of stitches that looks like a grid maybe on graph paper. It's not, it's not super small. So you're not always knitting this grid, but it is very subtle and it breaks up the stockinette in an interesting pattern. I think if you were perhaps knitting 
with a solid, solid color, this would be a good way to break up the non-tonality of a solid color in a good way. But she her sample is knit in a speckled, and it looks equally awesome with the speckled yarn, too. <laughs> but the really interesting thing is if you look at the projects, because it is knit side to side. Now imagine this, you can do very different variations of striping, color changes, and fades because it happens vertically rather than horizontally. So yes, it is very cool. So right now there are, are 257 projects on Ravelry. And of course, I had a fun time looking through them. And my head is spinning with all the possibilities, because you can stripe vertically, like I said, but also I think it'd be really cool to fade vertically, to fade colors into each other. So that's really fun. Again, that is Gridlines by Suzanne Summers. And then the Suzanne Summer, excuse me, not the actress, Suzanne Summers. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing I am stalking is another older pattern from Justina Lorkowska. It's called Threads. And the Threads pullover has an open mesh pattern across the torso of the sweater that reminds me of the back of my Riley cardigan by Suvi Simola. That, let's see, I knit the Riley back in 2016, but the back of the Riley has this mesh pattern that is really similar to Threads, but Threads has it on the front and the back. And I started looking at the Threads pattern and I realized that it had contiguous sh shoulder seams. You the contiguous shoulder seams have like a little seam at the top and then the sleeve caps kind of grow out of the shoulder. And I have to admit, it's not, not my favorite construction, probably. Gail and I have both done a couple of sweaters using this construction. And though I like the sweaters that I knit, sometimes I don't think it fits my shoulder as well as it looks like it fits the people in the pattern photos. <laughs> Does that make sense? I agree with that on my body as well. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure if it's perhaps just because I don't know how to modify it to make it fit me or yeah, maybe it just doesn't fit me quite right. So then I started thinking, okay, I like this design, but I could change the sleeve caps. And then I realized you know, maybe what I like is just the mesh and I could take a pullover pattern that I've already knit successfully and just add mesh into that. <laughs> you, I could do it with any sweater that I've knit, any pullover that I've knit successfully. The first one that comes to mind is confetti because I that one fits me so perfectly. I could do a variation on confetti with threads and add the mesh pattern to it, something like that. So yeah, so more than stocking this single sweater, it's kind of a mashup of ideas that I'm thinking of 
taking a pattern that I've already knit successfully and perhaps adding a different stitch pattern, which I don't know if that's really stocking or not, but I was looking I looking so. at this pattern. Yeah, looking at this pattern, it gave me the idea. So that is Threads by Justina Lurkowska. What are you stocking, Gail? Well, you made me curious when you said that your two patterns were not new patterns. So I actually looked up the two I'm stocking. I'm also only stocking two. And mine also were for mine were from 2017 and 2018. Oh, that's so, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the first one is called Lead the Way, and it's a pattern by Megan Doherty. And I stocked a long time ago a shawl called Rainbow Wings by the Knitting Expat. And these are similar in that they have rainbow minis used in them. So, of course, you don't have to use rainbow minis, but that attracted me instantly was the rainbow part of it. And Lead the Way is a rectangular wrap slash scarf, and it's chevron shaped. So the whole thing, it starts straight, but it's a chevron. So it's pointed the whole length of the rectangle. And the way she designed it, you used you use mini skeins to get the rainbow effect, and then you have one solid color you're using as well. So it's just cool. It's just colorful. Looks like it would be an easy knit. I think there are eyelets down the center. That's the pointy part of the chevron. And other than that, it would just be a simple, easy knit. And I have several mini skeins that I purchased at Stitches in February, thinking I would knit the Rainbow Wing shawl, which is a, I'm pretty sure it's a triangular shawl, but I think I would wear a rectangular wrap more than a triangular shawl. So I'm thinking the yarn I was going to use for rainbow wings may become <laughs> and I was so excited about it that I pulled out all my minis I have a gray solid and I almost cast on right away oh, wow. and I thought, no I really should sit and look at this in the light <laughs> and make sure all these colors work together so I haven't cast it on yet but I was very very close I guess I was craving rainbows yeah so that's lead the way by Megan Doherty and the second one is a sweater called Sunday Morning and it's by the designer Carol Sunday and it's a really cute sweater. It's very us in its aesthetic. It's a raglan-shaped, oversized, positive ease sweater that has a lace or cable detail. I think it might be cable detail in the raglan shaping. And it just looks so perfect. It's a sport weight. I would wear it all the time. And then I started reading the description. It's a bottom-up seamed raglan shaped pullover oh and my why would you do hmm. a bottom up seamed raglan pullover that's interesting it seems like a lot of work for what it is yeah but it's really cute so of course i could modify it i could do it <laughs> top down instead yes. and not seam it but i think i could just modify like you said, confetti, which I've knit successfully, exactly. I could do something and modify it. Oh, interesting. It. We're both thinking the yeah. same sort of thing of just modifying something that we've knit successfully. <laughs> exactly. Because I have done some bottom-up raglans before, and they're kind of a pain in the butt to knit. Right. So. I'm thinking of that joining row, looking at you, joining exactly. row. <laughs> so I don't think I would knit it per the construction of the sweater, but it's a very cute design. So that's called Sunday Morning by Carol Sunday. So if you have not knit a bottom 
up Raglan. Gail and I are joking about that joining row. And what that means is at a certain point when you knit a, a Raglan sweater bottom up, at least one that's not in pieces. Now, I'm was the sweater that you were looking at knit in pieces or? It seemed, but I'm not sure exactly where it seemed. Okay. I'm assuming okay. it's the sleeves. So, so then you wouldn't have the joining row. Right, exactly. So if you if you are knitting one in the round bottom up, eventually you'll have to join with the sleeves. You knit the the body of the sweater and then you knit your two sleeves separately. And then you have to join these three tubes together on one long joining round that knits all the stitches around the back of the sweater, then one sleeve, and then the front of the sweater, and then the other sleeve. And it's probably my least favorite type of sweater construction for that joining row alone. (laughs) Yeah, There are other reasons as well, but the joining row is a big one. The joining row and the two or three subsequent rows thereafter. Yes, trying to are all very tight. Trying on the to needles. give it enough space so that it's it loosens up. Yeah, yeah, not 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 my favorite no, thing. To not at all. <laughs> so that's why when I said, "Why would you do a bottom up raglan unless you're doing an all over lace pattern?" Yeah, I don't or something know. like something that. that. I don't know why you would do that. Be reversed. Exactly. So odd, but. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So what have you been knitting or what are you knitting? I have been working almost exclusively on my Parallelogram blanket, a.k.a. Schlanket. Once I finished the last log cabin stripe, which, let's see, I think I'm on the second to last one now. Yay! Yeah, there's a, the pattern has a little chart that you follow, and I think I'm on the last charted stripe. And originally I thought that was going to be the last stripe. And then when we go back to the written patterns, I see that you do one more stripe before you start the I-cord edging. So I think I'm... Oh, I-cord. Yeah. So I think I'm on the second to last stripe. And as soon as I finish that, the blanket I-cord edging will probably become my zoom knitting because that will be something that I can do while I am chatting away on Sunday or Saturday afternoon Zooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty much the only thing I have been working on. What are you knitting? Wow, three weeks and monogamous knitting. Yeah, I'm impressed. And I should add that I have almost finished. You and I were having a chat the other day when I finished one stripe and I think I only had of one color I had a few yards left that was it and so all of the colors are coming to well most of the colors have come to the end of their use and very small bits left of each one that's excellent though that's just the way you want it yeah it is there there will probably be some kind of project with all the leftovers at some point, you know, a hat or a cowl, something that will use them all up altogether since they, they've already been matched and they all go together. And for those of you who don't remember, it's seven, seven skeins skeins of fingering fingering yarn. yarn. No (laughs) small project. This. No, that's a massive (laughs) epic sized blanket. Okay. So what have you been knitting? 
Well, I've been knitting on a few things, and most of my knitting time has gone into the Big Sister Cardigan by Hinterm Stein, which I'm knitting in the Harrisville Designs Nightshades yarn, which is 100% Cormo, so it's the Cormo breed of sheep, and it's woolen spun. So we were having this discussion on the last episode with Robbie about woolen versus worsted spun. So most yarns that people knit with are worsted spun, which means that the fibers have been combed or brushed to all go in the same direction. So I was thinking, how do you describe this easily? And I was thinking, oh, like my hair. My (laughs) hair, when it's wet and smooth, is in a nice, you know, long ponytail that's very smooth and dense, which is like worsted spun yarn. Well, when my hair is a mess and sticking out off my head, there's a, it looks like I have a lot more hair. Well, it's the same amount of hair. It's just not brushed into a smooth, one directional mass. So then it's much more lofty, less dense, and that's woolen spun. So woolen spun, the fibers aren't all going in the same direction. So four ounces of worsted spun is going to be more dense than four ounces of woolen spun. So the woolen spun will take up more room. And that's what my Harrisville <laughs> nightshades is. It's the loftier woolen spun Cormo. So it's squishier. It's, I want to say, I don't want to use the word rustic because that's not the right word. But to me, woolen spun yarns are not the same smooth as you get with worsted spun. So it's not that same smooth, but it's not it's not like rough. It's still next to skin. It's just a different texture. Correct. Yeah. So I don't want to make it sound negative in any way. No, I don't think it does. Every yarn has a purpose and not every yarn should be used for the same thing. And this one, I don't, I don't even think Charlene can appreciate the pink in it. I'm trying to get it to show in the light. Oh, there's some pink. Ah, you can see the pink there, pretty. right? So it's basically black yarn, but it has a little tiny bit of hot pink it's all spun together. Spun isn't together, it? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's not like a separate strand or a separate. No, ply. no, no, it's no, no. All part yeah. of the same yarn. So yeah, there's just like it's little. Just, it's almost. It's not it's tweedy, like but it's it's that similar color effect. Yeah, exactly. And it's very subtle. So in certain lights, you can't even tell that it's anything other than black. Right. But it's been very enjoyable to knit. And the sweater construction was very interesting in the beginning. And now I have knit both sleeves. So I decided instead of knitting all the way down, I would stop and knit the sleeves because that's usually where I get stuck in my Mm -hmm. sweaters and I want to cast something else on. So the sleeves are done and I'm, I have a couple inches to go before I start the bottom bands and the bottom bands have a different construction and they have built-in pockets. So construction is going to get interesting again here pretty soon. So that's Big Sister by Hinterstein, and I'm loving it, and I'm loving the yarn. Excellent. Second thing, I cast on a project for myself for the Self-Indulgent Knit Along, which started on the 21st, or whenever you want to join in, there, there's no <laughs> need to cast on until you've picked out the perfect yarn and perfect project. And we have until Spring Equinox. Spring Equinox, which is so March 20th, March 20th, correct. Yeah, so we have a long time. But I cast on the Via Wrap, which is a pattern by Helen Stewart. 
And she has the Curious Handmade podcast. Most of you probably know that. Most of you probably know who Helen Stewart is. But she did a Vlogmas. So if you're not familiar with the video podcasting world, a lot of podcasters do Vlogmas. They do these daily, short, little video blogs of whatever they're doing for the season. And I've never been attracted to watching them before. But Helen Stewart did one this year. And I've always been a big fan of hers. And we're online friends. And I've been watching her Vlogmas. Oh. And it's been really, really fun. See, I can never I can never keep up with those. It's like I'll watch one here and there and then forget about it or just have a week where I can't keep up. I did the same thing. I <laughs> Yesterday, I was doing some tricky thing with my knitting or whatever. So I just had it playing yeah, on, that's on nice. the computer. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I was doing. So, But it's very enjoyable. She lives in Australia. So she has a much different take on Christmas right now than the rest of us did. And it was just an enjoyable way to kill time while I was knitting on one of her patterns. Excellent. <laughs> the Via Wrap is a long rectangular stole or wrap, and it has two sections. The first section is two color stripe, and they're in a chevron stripe. And then the second section is a solid color of lace. So what I did, instead of doing two contrasting colors for the chevron striped section, I'm doing stripes in almost the same color. So I'm using Woolmai's Lace Garn in Petit Poisson 5 for the one color. And then the second color, I'm using a very similar color of mohair silk lace weight from Western Sky Knits. So my stripes are more textural and fiber. So my lace, the lace garn is thicker and denser than the mohair stripe. So it's much more subtle and, and a different stripe than like a yellow and a pink stripe is, you know, high, much higher contrast, which is what I would normally do. This is a little different for me. So those are two burgundy colors in the chevron stripes. And then the solid, which is a lace pattern, I'm using Madeline Tosh lace in the leopard colorway, which is a dark gray. So right now I'm still on the chevron part. You knit that chevron section, I think 25% of the shawl. She has her really cool percentage checklist that she does where she, in Helen Stewart's patterns, she writes out every single row for you. And then there's a checklist, so you can check off each row as you go. And then on the far right of her little columns, there's a percentage of how far along you are in the project. So it's really nice for those people like I like to be very, I like to know where I am in my pattern and my project. And I just love the organization of the percentage yeah, checklist. I love so. just knowing that I've finished 65% of the pattern. Or no kidding, right? You're like, woohoo! You know, it's like this little cheer every win, time you yeah. get to. Yeah, exactly. So that has been a very fun project, the Via Wrap by Helen Stewart. And I cast on for a hat the other day. I cast on Permutation by Hunter Hammerstein, which I had been stalking just a couple episodes ago. And she had a sale for end of the year. And I purchased the Permutation pattern and I purchased constellate which is they both have a different stitch pattern permutation is worsted weight and it has two colors you could knit it all in one color but most of them have two and it's an interesting pattern because she gives you two or three different brim variations three different body variations and two different crown variations so you can pick 
and mix and have several different hats out of the same pattern. Nice. And she also gives you four different sizes based on your gauge. So it's really, really a very cool pattern considering you can adapt it to, you can knit the same thing from the same pattern and not get the same hat twice. Yeah, it's really cool. that's nice. And this one, you start with the solid color and then your contrast color, you do, I think she called it a daisy stitch, but I can't remember. I'm not to that part yet, but I picked yellow. It's called honey. It's juicy worsted by candy skein yarns. And it's the honey color I used to knit Max's sweater several years ago. Oh, it's leftover yes. from the sweater. Yeah. And for the contrasting little daisies, I'm going to use Liberty Wool, which is a slow color change yarn. And this is a gift from my friend Cindy. And it's pinks and greens in the color changes, which will really pop against that honey color. So I'm looking forward to working on that more. I only got about halfway through the brim. I cast it on when Charlene and I were chatting the other day and haven't picked it back up. But I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun yeah, pattern to work that'll through. be really pretty together, those two yarns. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. So that's Permutation by Hunter Hammerstein. And that's my first attempt at keeping the charity hats going. <laughs> so not stalling out <laughs> on those. Good. So I'm going to try to always have one on the needles or needle yeah. adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> we would like to thank our first sponsor of 2021, Infinite Twist. Looking for a gradient yarn to take an adventurous project to the next level? Perhaps seeking a yarn pairing for a simple pattern where the yarn does the work? Infinite Twist Gradients will help you end up with a spectacular finished object. One-of-a-kind, semi-solid gradients are all we do. They're knittable art. From 700-yard helix giant gradients to perfectly matched sock gradients, and more, we've got the perfect gradient for your next project. Why gradients? Because gradients stay interesting. With dozens of color changes, our gradients are semi-solid, so you get areas of light and dark, highlights, lowlights, and even some speckles. They'll hold your interest from cast on to bind off. Visit us at infinitetwist.com to meet your perfect gradient match. And for those of you who subscribe to Kate's newsletter, her latest one, so it would have been the last week in December, she did a great kind of summary slash analogy about end of the year stash. And I know people used to go on yarn diets at the end of the year. Some people, I shouldn't say all people, but that's what started the Love Our Stash. There used to be a lot of chat about yarn diets. Yarn yeah. diets and, and going cold turkey and not buying yarn yeah. and things like that. And Kate had this great analogy about how stash gets seasoned and curated over time. And she was comparing it to her love of tea when she lived in China. And she bought all sorts of great teas. And then four years later, she's in Singapore and she's trying out all of her teas. And she realizes that she doesn't like any of these teas. And she wonders, you know, why do I still have them? Because her tastes changed over four years. And in that four years, she used all the teas and drank all the teas that she liked. And she was only left with the stuff that she didn't <laughs> like as much. And that's what was still in the cabinet. And she said, you know, stash kind of goes through the same process. So over time, curating your stash, getting rid of the things you don't like, etc. It was very much along the lines of love your stash. Yeah. So it was very interesting. And if you don't subscribe to her newsletter, I highly recommend it because she gives you free patterns. Excellent. Too. Thank you very much, Infinite Twist. Thank you, Kate. 
All right. So what have you finished? I finished one lone thing. I finally bound off that Mira's cowl, which has been hanging around, just waiting, waiting, waiting to be finished. And I can't even remember exactly when I bound it off, but I think it was at some point in the last three weeks. <laughs> so this one, it's I think it's the second time I used this pattern. And I had knit a couple cowls this year that were going to be for donation, but then I was unable to donate them because people aren't accepting donations. So right now it'll either become part of the gift stash or it will be donated next year if and when donations are accepted again. So that's Mira's cowl. What have you finished, Gail? I finished a few things, actually. I finally finished Neil the Narwhal, Yay. which is a <laughs> pattern by Michelle Alvarez. Yay, indeed. And he really turned out adorable. He really did. <laughs> he was super, super, super cute. I will never knit another one or crochet. He was crocheted, yeah. actually. I will never do that again. But he was cute. He was worth the effort in the end. He was very cool. adorable. So I highly recommend the pattern. It was not a difficult pattern to knit. I was just trying to keep my gauge really, really tight, yeah. which my hands did yeah. not enjoy. So it was a physical thing for me. It had nothing to do with the pattern. I also finished my burrow wrap, which is a pattern by Kay Jones oh. of the Bakery Bears. And that was really fun to knit. So basically, she uses many, many colors that fade across a rectangular wrap. And I cast on fewer stitches because I didn't want mine to be as wide. I wanted mine to be more like a scarf. And you just knit a giant rectangle. She used eyelets in between her colors and I did not. And then you add some beautiful edging that includes a pico bind off on both sides. And then you add fringe to the short ends. And it's just so much fun. It's pink with, I did all pinks mm -hmm. with a beige natural kid silk haze held doubled. So that natural color kind of muted some of the pinks and it just, it's so pretty. It's very fun and light and makes me happy even to just look at it when it's sitting there waiting for me to take pictures of it. Well, so. you definitely have to wear that during hand knits every day in January. <laughs> yes, for sure. It's going to have to be a really cold day though, because wearing that inside, it would be double wrapped oh, around my neck because it's long. Yeah. I wanted it to be really long. So inside, that's going to be a big <laughs> ask. That's going to be hot, very hot to wear, but it's gorgeous. And then I also knit another March hat, which I've knit at least four of these now, I think. It's a pattern by Megan Babin. It's one of the free hats of a year of hats that they did. They, Kelborn Woolens, did a free hat every month, 2019 or 2018, I don't remember. And this one is one of my favorites of those patterns. And this one was a gift from one of Josie's friends who's been her friend since eighth grade, I think, a really long time. Oh, nice. She's a sweetheart. She was very much knit worthy. So that was the March hat by Megan Babin. I highly recommend the pattern. All right. And we owe everybody blankets part two. <laughs> we sure do. The universe <laughs> interfered with us when we tried to finish it the first time. That's right. I Gail and I were talking about now where did we stop where had where did we stop on when we did part one and so I did a quick listen of it before I put my notes together for this episode and it was pretty funny because we were going pretty strong and then all of a sudden boom it was like 
coming to the end of the road right there and then can't go any further because technology failed. Technology failed. 100%. (laughs) Right. So let's see. The first time we talked a little bit about how to find blanket patterns on Ravelry and why, well, some of the more enjoyable aspects we found about why we knit blankets. And then, let's see, I have some, well, we should talk about the different ways you can knit blankets, I think, was the Yeah, the different constructions. Yeah, the different constructions. And that kind of goes with one of the comments. So I also went through and looked at all the comments from our previous Blankets 1 episode, part one. And one of the construction-related comments several people had was reversibility and how most blankets definitely have a right side and a wrong side. So for example, if you're doing one of the comfort or if you're doing one of the memory blankets where you're using a lot of different colors, the back side of that, you're going to see a lot of areas where you've woven in ends or intarsia, the back side of that is going to have a very different look. So some people were saying that reversibility is one of their big construction questions before they even cast on mm-hmm. a blanket. So do consider that many blankets do have a right and wrong side. And if that is something that irritates you, I know my mom did not like it when she knit a blanket for Olivia. And I think she actually sewed a facing on the wrong side of the Mm -hmm. blanket. So there are ways to work around that. Yeah. But one of the most common constructions is corner to corner, where you start in one corner and you increase every row or every other row until you get to your halfway point. And then you start decreasing I, along that same I love cadence. that construction. That's probably one of my favorite constructions for two reasons. Number one, you really get to decide where your halfway point is and you visually get that halfway point. You know when you when you stop, your blanket is going to be another triangle that size exactly you know its length you know its width and the second point is that you can weigh it and you know exactly how much yarn you've used and you need that same exact amount to finish so i like yeah i like that for that reason it's when you reach that halfway point it's very definitive you know for sure what you need to finish and you know for sure what you're going to get my habitation throw was this corner to corner construction. And yeah, I really like that. That's probably one of my favorite blanket constructions. <laughs> and that works for washcloths and all sorts of other things yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So if you, exactly. If you aren't quite sure about that construction, you can start with a washcloth, which doesn't take very long at all. You yeah. get the idea of how that's going to work. Oh, I was just going to say the blankets that you knit straight up or down the ones where you just cast on as many stitches as you're going to have and then you just keep knitting straight whether you're knitting in a pattern or whatever you're whatever kind of knitting you're doing that one to me it's it's easy but it's almost not quite as interesting I guess yeah this one you've got a little bit more going on even though the same with the ones that you knit straight you know what you're going to get when you get to the halfway point because you can pretty much pick your halfway point anyway so you get that same 
sense of halfway, I guess, on a top to bottom blanket, but it's not as definitive as the corner to corner. The corner That's to corner like- one is just it has a that little bit of interest with with the decrease and the increase every other row, that kind of thing. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah. You have to actually think a little bit more with a corner to corner yeah. than you do some straight across blankets, yeah. which is, of course, one of the other most common constructions is just side to side blanket, you know. Definitely. And the Bits and Bobs by Kay Jones is one that you and I both have knit in the last year or so right. with that construction. Yeah. And then blankets can also be knit in the round. And you recently knit a blanket twinkle, in twinkle, the round baby yeah the one by helen, by helen stewart, stewart. Yeah. yeah and that's a fun construction i would think it really is i can't yeah. remember if i've knit a blank i don't think i've never knit a blanket in the round yeah and for people who crochet think granny square it's just a basic yeah. giant granny square yeah. where you start in the middle and you just keep increasing on the corners and you knit or crochet until the pattern's over or you're done or your yarn runs yeah. out or <laughs> you can whichever of those things keep happen. Going, yeah. Yeah. And you can throw any kind of patterns into those, you know, as your increases get to a certain stitch count, you can start with another repeat of something. It's pretty simple to modify those to be your own unique patterns yeah. and things like yeah. that. And then there's also the seamed blanket. So blankets that are knit in pieces and seamed together. So I've done quite a few of those. They're not my favorite construction. I do like knitting or crocheting little tiny motifs, but I don't really enjoy the seaming of them so much because that's very time consuming and it's finishing work, which is not my favorite. Yeah, I remember I participated and the one thing that can be nice about the pieced together blankets is that you can have several knitters participate in a project to create one project which is always fun as long as you have one willing intrepid crafter who is willing to seam or maybe a couple seamers you you need to have somebody who will take charge of that but the nice thing about the pieced together blankets is that if you're having several knitters create parts, if you plan a little bit, you can perhaps not have to worry about differences in gauge so much because you tell your participants rather than knitting this square to this gauge, you can tell them I need a square that's 10 by 10 or I need a strip that's 5 by however long your blanket is, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So instead of worrying about having everybody knit with the same yarn at the same gauge, which is potentially difficult to do, you just make sure that everybody, everybody's individual piece is the same size. Right. <laughs> Instead of telling them, cast on 20 stitches and knit for 20 rows and you get 10 different squares of different sizes. Exactly. So it depends on your participants and how how comfortable they are with that kind of thing, I suppose, too. Yeah, I did a group quilt like that knit several years ago and I ended up being the intrepid seaming knitter and the squares were not the same sizes. Mm. There was definitely some interesting seaming to to work right. (laughs) 
Yeah. But it was beautiful. And, it was beautiful. And that's exactly it. That can be that can be a challenge. So Yeah. So kudos to you, Gail, for taking that on. <laughs> well, you helped me pick out the seeming yarn. I remember I that. Yeah. 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 And pieced blankets don't always have to be seamed. Sometimes you can actually join as you go. Correct. Like the log cabin blanket yeah. and the one that Charlene's knitting right now. Yeah, the so log with- cabin blankets. Usually people have the log log cabin it, the design comes from the quilted log cabin patterns that are out there and they're made out of individual stripes, strips of color, if you will. And in knitting, when you're knitting a log cabin, often patterns pick up from your existing stripe. So though it is kind of knit in pieces, there's no seam, like Gail said. You pick it up and you add on to what you already have. So you add on as you go around all four sides, which is what I'm doing with my parallel lamb. A lot of crochet blankets are made that way. Even if they're crocheted squares, granny squares or other kind of designed crochet squares, a lot of them pick up squares as you go around. Yeah, the... the- Log cabin blankets, I think, are really, really fun to knit. Yeah. They're <laughs> so much fun, and you can do so many colors and yarn weights, and the variations are endless. And there's a great pattern called Learn to Knit a Log Cabin by Stacy Perry, who is very pink knits. And it's a great pattern with lots of tutorials. It shows you every stage of the process of knitting a log cabin blanket. I it's remember when you knit that one because it does it has a lot of support that goes along with it so if you have never done that before and you feel like you need that extra support that's a good pattern to check into yeah it's excellent and there were sections that i didn't really understand what was happening even though i'd been knitting for a long time so very very helpful and then there are things like the memory blankets which are generally mitered square blankets where you're picking up in a similar fashion for each additional square so you start with one and then you pick up to knit another. So your gra- your blanket grows with each square as opposed to you knit separate squares that you seam together. Yeah. So they have seamed versions and, and knit as you go or crochet as you go versions yeah. of those types of blankets. And I did a search on Ravelry for top blankets and the first page, which gives you 30 responses. Yeah. What, what did you come up with? 27 of the top 30 are free patterns. Oh, excellent. And they had knitting and crochet. They had different levels of difficulty. And they had everything from simple, like stripes, that would be easy, to super complicated, amazing, gorgeous color work. Awesome. So, yeah, one simple search on Ravelry, and you'll be probably very surprised at the options that you have for blankets if you haven't tried one yet. There are a lot of great, great free, easy patterns out there. Yeah, and one of the tips that was also in the thread from our part one episode was to look at shawl patterns as well, because many shawl patterns either are large enough on their own to be a blanket, or you could knit them in worsted weight wool and make a blanket out of a shawl pattern. There are a lot of shawls that are 
squares or circles or rectangles and will work nicely, really nicely as blankets. Yeah, Linda, she showed her So Close, which is a shawl pattern by Hohe that she knit as a blanket. And the style of shawl called HAPS, H-A-P-S, those are also really good for blankets because they're usually a either a square or a very square-ish rectangle. And they often work really well. And Anna, she posted in the group and said that the Danish princess Mary often shows, or when she has her babies wrapped up, they're usually in a Shetland hap shawl. Oh, so she nice. actually, this, this princess uses Shetland shawls Hap shawls for her blanket. Very her cool. Blankets. Very, that very was cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. She linked to some pictures. That was fun. And yeah. So the episode number where we had part one of blankets was 232. And if you're interested, I suggest looking through that thread. You can click at the very top of the page. You can click and just look at photos if you want, because there are several photos of some really beautiful blankets mm-hmm. in there that listeners have posted. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah, yeah, really stunning. And then I also wanted to mention what Gail had mentioned previously, too, was that the reversibility of some designs is important to people. And they don't like the single-sided nature of some patterns, such as intarsia. So backing blanket is possible. You can use flannel or fleece to sew onto a blanket to hide the non-public side of your knitting, or if you live someplace where it's really, really cold and you need to increase the warmth of your blanket, you can do that. You can use fleece, for example, is really light, and fleece, if you use a really soft fleece, that increases your snuggleability (laughs) of the blanket Yep, as well. So that's an option. You can even... You can, like, sometimes the way quilts can sometimes be made is you take your backing fabric and you fold it over so that it shows on the front, creating a border. And you can do that on a knitted fabric as well so that you can, you can use, like, your knitted or crocheted piece as, like, the center and increase the size a little bit that way, too, of your blanket. Like, if you just can't knit or crochet anymore then you can sew and use that as the center of the blanket and finish the outside border with fleece or another fabric, that kind of thing. It depends if you're a sewer or not. That That's not necessarily something that everybody would want to take on. But My former mother-in-law, she is a sewer. She's an amazing sewer. And she has made Alex and Olivia both amazing blankets that are fleece and mm-hmm. beautiful and incredible. And she does this really cool edging technique. I don't know how she did it, <laughs> but she crocheted the or an edge all the way around the blanket that she sewed. Oh, cool. So there's this yarn crocheted edge on the fabric. Nice. Don't know how she did it, but <laughs> I was like, wow, look at that trickiness. Nice. <laughs> it was very, very cool. So the, yeah, the different types of edgings with blankets and fabrics are pretty much endless. Yeah. It's, what you can imagine you can do. One of the other small things I wanted to mention from the comments in the last thread, Marianne had a good idea about knitting or crocheting small blankets for animal shelters. Oh, yes. 
That's yeah, right. If you don't want to get into an epic blanket for a king size bed or something like that. There are lots of reasons to knit or crochet smaller blankets for animals in need. Yes, so or I you just have an acrylic or a washable yarn that you want to use up, or you want to try a new technique, or you just want to try a blanket because the blankets that you donate to animal shelters do not have to be full size blankets. They can be smaller blankets. Animals in need come in very small sizes and <laughs> they can, they'll, tiny. yeah. And so a lot of times, What's needed is just something to put in with an animal for a comfort comfort piece, something that'll for them to sleep on. So all sizes are usually accepted. Yeah. So I did want to mention that for anybody who who had the urge to do something sweet like that. Yeah, for a little that's animal. excellent. Yeah. So thanks for all the comments. Yes, and be sure to check in the thread Ravelry thread because there I'm sure we'll continue the discussion on blankets. And don't forget self-indulgent knit along and don't forget wear a hand knit every day in january starts tomorrow yeah Yay, i'm excited <laughs> Yay, can't wait i'm excited so happy new year everyone happy new year thank you for listening and happy knitting thank you bye, bye. you can find our podcast on itunes at yarniacs podcast visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com we have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.